Welcome to the REI Freedom Podcast, where we unleash the power of real estate investing and empower you to create a life of freedom on your own terms. Are you already acquiring off-market properties? Then listen closely because we have something very special for you. At REI Freedom, we provide high-level acquisition skills training and coaching to take your real estate game to the next level. Say goodbye to deal cancellations and hello to consistent success. Our proven methods and expert guidance will equip you with the tools you need to secure more deals consistently. Imagine a life where you have the freedom to live on your own terms, where real estate investing becomes your key to financial independence and fulfillment. It's time to break free from the ordinary and create the life you've always wanted. Let us provide you with the skills and knowledge to unlock the doors to your dreams. Join us on the REI Freedom Podcast and embark on a transformative journey of acquiring bigger deals, securing more deals consistently, and living life on your own terms. REI Freedom Podcast. Unlock your potential, claim your freedom in real estate investing. Get ready to be inspired by Lindsay Sharma's incredible journey as a real estate investor in this episode of the REI Freedom Podcast. Despite starting out working for someone else in the industry, Lindsay took a leap of faith and started her own business. As a devoted wife and mother of three, Lindsay has managed to strike a remarkable balance between her real estate endeavors and her family life. But it doesn't stop there. Lindsay is on the verge of launching a groundbreaking real estate wholesaling course specifically tailored for busy women who aspire to make their mark in the industry. Her determination to empower others is truly commendable. During the episode, Lindsay shares an awe-inspiring story of a successful deal where she made an astounding $32,000 profit through her follow-up system. This serves as a testament to the power of persistence and the importance of nurturing relationships with sellers. Coach Dan Toback also joins a conversation, shedding light on the transformative impact of the follow-up call and wholesaling. Lindsay doesn't shy away from sharing the challenges she faced when starting her business. Despite encountering seven cancellations along the way, she refused to give up and relentlessly pursued her dreams. This resilience paid off as she now consistently secures real deals and has even expanded her presence in the Arkansas and Toledo, Ohio markets by hiring two new acquisition specialists. As the episode concludes, Lindsay beautifully articulates what REI freedom means to her. It's not just about financial success, but the invaluable time freedom it has brought her. She now has the ability to be fully present for her children and family, to attend appointments and meet day-to-day obligations, all while simultaneously growing her business. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer your own goals as you listen to Lindsay Sharma's remarkable journey on the REI Freedom Podcast. Her story is a testament to the power of perseverance, the importance of balance, and the limitless possibilities that await those who dare to chase their dreams. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy. And I'm Shelly. We're alongside our wonderful, talented acquisition uh, guru, Dan Toback, today on this episode of REI Freedom. We have a very special guest. This is episode number four that we're super excited to share with you today. This is Lindsay Sharma. She lives in Florida, but she does work with her wholesale business out of Arkansas and Toledo, Ohio. 
She's a real estate investor, wife, and mom of three little ones. Believe that, a mom of three little ones doing this business. Good Lord. Her days start with a hot cup of coffee and end with true crime shows. In between, she's creating real estate deals that proved to be the path for financial success. Lizzie, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do, please. Sure. I'm originally from Toledo, Ohio, so I'm definitely a Midwest girl at heart. I love my sweaters and my coffee. I did go to college and I actually have a degree in graphic design and I did graphic design for most of my career. I grew up in a middle class family. My mom was also a graphic designer. My dad was a welder. He was part of the union. He was also a teacher. And I started freelancing and also started a graphic design business back in 2013. I did that for a few years. I struggled a lot. (laughs) I didn't know that much about running a business. And at that time, I started learning about passive income and started reading books on real estate investing. But I just didn't really know how to get started or how to take that knowledge and really apply it. So what I did was I actually started looking for a job in real estate investing. And I was very lucky to find one and and applied to work with a local real estate investor. He was looking for an executive assistant. And I actually had no experience as an executive assistant. I was able to have a conversation with him. We aligned on a lot of things and he hired me for the position. I'm so grateful for that. So I worked for him for three years and I learned everything about his business. He was a wholesaler and also buy and hold investor. And I actually got my first deal While I was working for him, later on, after a couple of years of working together, he opened it up and said, hey, you want to start working leads and start seeing if you can get any deals, let's do that. So that's what I did. And then in March of 2023, this year, I was getting ready to have my third baby. And I was at a point where I was deciding, do I stay on with that investor? His name was Justin. Or am I ready to start my own business? And I made the decision to start my business. I launched in April of this year. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. You had your third baby coming on and decide to leave the job that was nice and safe to go out on your own, just not your own business. I was going to say the timing of that alone is impressive to me. I'm just in awe over here. I don't know if it was, that was a good decision or a bad decision, but uh, there's something about pregnancy that is just, it's almost like you just have all of this creative energy in a way. And so it really pushed me to just get started. And, and I took that job with the investor with the sole purpose of learning real estate investing to start my own business one day. So I knew I was going to do it. I just didn't know when. All right. And so what made you decide to go out on your own now as opposed to later on? There are just a lot of things that kind of changed in his business and his goals. I felt like I was at the point where I maybe wasn't serving him as well as he needed just because his business was going so great. It was very systemized and I helped him with a lot of that stuff. But I just think it was just time. It just goes to show you that if you can have two little ones and be having a third baby and start your own business, that just about anybody could probably do this if they really want it bad enough. Yeah, it, it absolutely takes a willingness and clarity on what your goals are, because it's definitely not easy, not easy at all. So, yes, I agree. So you started April of this year. Tell us a little bit about your business model. You are a wholesaler. Is that what you do? 
Yes. My long-term goal is really to have a large portfolio of enough cash flow properties to replace my working income, hopefully retire my husband, and just to be able to give myself more time freedom to work on projects that I'm interested in and and have more of an impact. So that's my long-term goal. But I I think wholesaling is a great entry point into real estate investing. It's a great way to generate cash to cover my expenses. And so I do a lot of wholesaling, but some of the, I have some different exit strategies. I keep some of the properties. I have a few rentals. I have a few owner finance properties. And then I'm doing my first flip right now. It's in process. Wow. Congratulations. For somebody who just started out in April, you're doing quite a bit. How are you finding these deals? One thing that's interesting is when I worked in the previous investment business, I really learned that this business is not real estate. It's not about houses. It's a marketing business and a people business. We're basically matching the sellers to the buyers if you're wholesaling. And so what I've been doing is I I love direct mail personally. I come from graphic design, so I just have a lot of experience with print and marketing. So I'm very comfortable there. So I would say that direct mail is probably where I get my best leads. I also have a full-time cold caller. And then also this year, I've experimented with Facebook ads with some mixed success there. Awesome. This show is all about acquisitions, and that's why we have uh, Dan on there. Hey, Dan, how's it going over there, Florida? What's going on, guys? Yeah, just locking up deals. We have a new training with a new acquisition specialist starting, so really pumped. Pumped to be with you guys. Awesome. Dan is a Maasai Jedi of all things acquisitions. Lindsay, so you're you're right. What we're doing, it's a marketing business. You're generating leads. Those leads come in. Are you the person that's handling the acquisitions for your company? The first few months that I was in business, I was handling all the calls. But one thing I know about myself and I knew about myself before getting into this business is I am your stereotypical introvert. I, I can talk to people. I love connecting with people, but I but it's not my strong suit and it drains my energy. I'm more of a strategic behind the scenes type of person. So I knew early on, hey, I better find somebody else to do this because there's just... I, I would be missing a lot of opportunities if I was the one, because I just know that's not my area of strength. So I actually have two acquisition managers now that work with me and I, and they are wonderful ladies. I'm so grateful that we partnered up. And how did you go about training them acquisitions? So I put on an onboarding program with them and I basically just took everything I've learned in the business over the past three years and put together like a slideshow. I did like a training with my first acquisitions manager. She's my main one, I would say. We did a whole week training where we I just went through my training program with her and she was completely new to real estate investing. She has property management experience, but she was new to wholesaling and this business model. So Now, are your acquisition people like doing boots on the ground in the markets that you're in or are you guys doing everything over the phone virtually? So they're actually, my acquisitions managers are in the two markets that I work in. So I have one in Toledo and I have one in Little Rock. So they're boots on the ground. Nice. I know, Dan, you tend to preference boots on the ground over virtual for lots of reasons. What do you think of some of the challenges, Dan, when some people bring on some new people? Maybe his and Lindsay, she's not even in that market. She's hiring people in those areas to do be the boots on the ground. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. What I've noticed, and this is something we talk about a lot in REI Freedom, is becoming your friendly local neighborhood home buyer, right? 
You don't want to be a corporate type presence. You don't want to be a shark. You want to meet with sellers and really be that next door neighbor. You want to be that friend who buys houses. So in order to accomplish that, if you're looking to go into a market, quote unquote, virtually into a state you don't live in, it's really important to have that synergy between the visionary and between your acquisition specialist. So you're basically training these acquisition specialists in this other market to be an extension of you. And I love what Lindsay said. Lindsay, you mentioned you're an introvert, but you have a heart for people. You want to see people do well, and you're a people person. So even though you're not extroverted, and I'm the same way, I'm not super extroverted. I, I never was. I didn't come from a sales background. I was really passionate about seeing people do well and connecting with people at a personal level. I like to say when you're training and, and you're finding acquisition specialists, you're looking for people above and beyond in terms of the caring for people, having a heart to see people do well, high integrity, honesty. Those are the things you're really looking for when you're hiring in another market, because ultimately you're wanting that person to be your local presence on the ground, your local friendly neighborhood buyer. Yeah, that's a really good point, Dan. And I know when Shelly and I first hired our first acquisition person, that was actually something that we were very nervous of, especially Shelly. We handle sellers a certain way. We are a certain way to people. We care about certain things. And will anybody be an extension of that? Lindsay, was that a fear for you as well? Absolutely. It, it can be really hard finding the right person, but I think if you communicate your values and the characteristics you're looking for, you can help uncover those. And this is a separate topic, but one thing, and everyone's, you guys might have different experiences than I did, but one thing that sort of shocked me about this business when I started talking to sellers is sometimes there can be a lot of hostility when people are responding to your postcards, when they're getting cold calls on the phone, a lot of people have their guard up. And so one thing I wanted to find in my acquisition managers is I wanted to really make sure that, yes, they're very empathetic and patient with people, but that they also have a thick skin and understand that it may take time to build rapport and get those walls down before they can actually have good conversations with these people. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Shelly, have we ever heard any hostility over the years? So much hostility. <laughs> and when Jeremy first started doing this and I wasn't actually a part of the business, I would listen to some of it. And I was always actually very amazed at how he had like what you're saying, the perfect combination of a very thick skin. But then he could also put people at ease and break down their walls and start connecting with them. It was pretty awesome. He's always been able to do that even in his other previous jobs. I've heard him on the phone doing that. So yeah, I think that quality is very important. And we definitely have experience with the most kind of people. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think in this business, it's, un it's inevitable, inevitable. And I'm sure Dan has had his fair share after doing this for 10 years. So Lizzie, we are all about acquisitions here at REI Freedom. We'd love for you to share a story of maybe a property that you acquired or maybe you lost and maybe share an acquisition lesson or skill that you learned through that process that you can share with others to help them achieve getting better at acquisitions. Absolutely. Uh, so one thing I like to always express to people who are getting into real estate investing is managing kind of your expectations for this business. So Real estate investing, the concepts can be simple, but it's really a lot of hard work. And I saw this firsthand when I first started to talk to sellers and get deals. I had probably around my first seven contracts in a row all got canceled for various reasons. Some of it was title issues. Some of it was being able to find a buyer. 
getting it under contract at the wrong price, getting it under contract too high, that sort of thing. And that was really tough on me at first because I was just like, I'm doing the work. I'm doing what they're telling me to do. Why am I not getting a deal? And so I had to really push through some mindset struggles there. But after those seven, maybe seven contracts, I did get my first deal. And that was actually a buy and hold I kept in my portfolio. But the deal I want to talk about on the podcast is actually my third deal that I got. My third deal was a package of three mobile homes with land. They were all next to each other. And they were on a little town that's just really close to Little Rock, but it's a little bit more of a rural area. And this in the way that I got this lead was it was actually I mentioned the former real estate investor I worked with. It was in their CRM system as a follow up call. So actually, the acquisitions manager working there, he was the one working the lead. But we realized we had all of these leads in our system that just weren't being properly contacted through follow ups. So we went on this big push at the end of the year when things get slow. And they said, hey, why don't you just do follow-up calls with all of these people? They'll hear a new voice. Maybe things have changed. And that's exactly what this lead was. He was in our system for probably a year, two years, and we just couldn't agree on price previously. But what had happened was this seller, she was a landlord. She had several properties and her health was starting to decline and she wanted to get rid of her properties just so she could focus on her health and get some extra money for medical expenses. So she actually came down on her price and it was something very reasonable that we could work with. So I got the deal under contract. I got these three um, mobile homes with land. And this was actually around the time that I was leaving the company I was working for and starting my own business. So what Justin and I, the, the owner of the investment company I worked with, we decided to split the package. He kept one of the mobile homes with land and I kept the other two. And what I did was I used my own cash to close on them. I purchased the two mobile homes with land for $16,000. And then I went to a bank and I refinanced. So I pulled my money out through a business line of credit. I pulled my money out and my plan, my exit strategy was to sell them on owner financing, but I actually ended up selling both of them for cash. So my profit for both of them was around $32,000. Yeah, $32,000. That's fantastic. Yeah. I want to unpack in. I want to bring Dan in on, on one of these topics here. Your first seven deals weren't great. And a lot of people would just quit after the first couple not working, but you kept going through with the first seven and you, you found a way to persevere through all of that. And at the end of the day, we're able to find a really good contract that after some negotiation skills with the seller got it at a price that made sense. And although you had multiple exit strategy scenarios here, you've basically found the cash one to be the best. And you made 32,000, right? Is that correct? $32,000. That's Mm -hmm. some people don't even barely make that much money in a year. You made it Mm -hmm. in one deal. That's pretty phenomenal. One of the things I would say is you got that in the follow-up and I'm glad you brought that on to get a deal like that in the follow-up. We do many deals on a follow-up. Dan, what do you think about the power of the follow-up? Lizzie said that deal was sitting there for a couple of years or uh, CRM wasn't being properly managed. We see a lot of people not managing the follow-ups, but she made 32 grand because she followed up with it. Absolutely. And that's an awesome deal example, Lindsay. I think that most people don't realize getting into this business and real estate investing that hardly any of your deals are going to be on first contact where you just send marketing out and you get in touch with the seller and then automatically you get the deal. A lot of times people 
getting into the business. They think they're going to have that immediate gratification or get rich quick. This is definitely not that type of business. There are cases, especially if you look back five or 10 years ago when the market wasn't as competitive, where you can just send out marketing and get responses really quick and then land deals. But it's not really the case now with a lot of the investors that we talk to, including our company. A lot of our best and biggest deals are people that we've built that rapport with for months and even in some cases over a year. We just closed a deal. I was at, I did a Facebook Live from a deal yesterday here in St. Lucie where we knew the seller for like almost a year before he ended up signing the contract and, and closing on it. And he had to go through a couple of other bad apple investors before agreeing to work with us. I love that example, Lindsay. I think that it's not talked about enough in terms of the power in your follow-up and not only the follow-up itself, but how are you following? And that's something I talk to a lot of our students about. Are you just saying, calling a seller and saying, hey, checking in on the house? Or are you checking in with how their kids are doing? Are you seeing how their birthday party was? Are you asking about their mom or their relative who might not be feeling well? So it's really important when it comes to follow-up that you're following up with specifics. You're following up with the person, not the house. And not enough people talk about that. And that's what's going to separate you from all the other investors that are calling them month, month in, month out, even weekly versus how you're following up. So yes, the power is in the follow-up, but it's also in how you're following up. So that's a great example. Love that, Dan. And Lizzie, you said that was in your CRM for two years? Some, Yeah, somewhere around there. And I've actually seen deals happen at that former company because they had been in business for around 10 years and their acquisitions manager was, he had been there for maybe five years and he had deals that some could span five years. We talked to him five years ago, kept following up and would get a deal. It's just crazy how that works. Awesome. So with this specific deal from an acquisition standpoint, what do you think is the greatest skill that our listeners can take away from your experience on that specific transaction? I think it just goes back to the importance of following up. A lot of new investors focus on the mechanics of that first call, getting all the property information. But you have to think you're going to speak to this person. You really don't know how long you're going to build this relationship, but you need to think of it for the long term. And so one thing that we do in my company and one thing I've taught my acquisition managers to do is take really detailed notes. And you're looking for those things outside of the property, kind of like Dan mentioned, ask about their family or a lot of times they're just going to tell you these things. Take notes on it because in the future, when you speak to them again, you want to bring up that stuff. A lot of them will talk about, especially if it's a home they lived in, maybe some special memories or what they liked about the house, this and that. So we'll just put that in our notes and I can always bring that up in a future conversation because... In this business, you're going to talk to a lot of people and you're not going to remember one person from another. But if you take good notes and you you use your CRM system the way it was designed and you follow up and you set tasks for yourself, then I think you'll set yourself up for more success in in those follow-ups. I think that's really great advice. And guys, if you're listening to that, the power of the follow-up, as Dan said, how you're making those follow-up calls. And as Lindsay said, making sure you have a really great system with detailed notes because you will start talking to a lot of people and you won't remember last conversations. And if you want to continue to keep rapport, as Dan's always very passionate about, knowing where that last conversation left off to continue the next one when you talk to him a month or two months later down the road with Lori Lindsay's going to have everything in her database. It's easy to just look at those notes and just continue that phone call just like it was a couple months prior. 
Lizzie, that is really great information to get value there. So thank you for sharing that. Obviously, it made you $32,000 and I'm, I'm sure much more as a result. You're a rock star in this space in a short amount of time. Right. That's really awesome. One of the questions that Shelly loves to ask every one of our guests is something based on what's really passionate about us, and that's REI Freedom. So Shelly. We're called REI Freedom because we are so passionate about the types of freedom that real estate investing can just bring to people. So what does REI Freedom mean to you personally? Yeah, I think the most important thing is freedom over my time. As we mentioned earlier in the call, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I have three kids. They're all four and under. So you can imagine they keep me very busy. They go to daycare and I work during the day, but I maybe work in my business five or six hours a day and I take them to doctor's appointments. I show up to their parties at school. I'm able to be, I have so much flexibility. I'm able to be involved in a capacity that I wouldn't be able to if I was working for someone else as an employee. All right. I love that. That's the power of real estate. You can create a lifestyle any way you choose through the power of real estate investing, which is awesome. Lizzie, we really appreciate you being um, our part, I guess on our podcast today. Tremendous amount of success, tremendous story sharing how the power of follow-up can make you $32,000. I think you have a lot to offer. People would love to learn more about you. How do they find you? Do you have any services where people can connect with you? Yes, I'm on Facebook, Lindsay Sharma. Uh, my company is called Lindsay Sharma Property Buyers. The website is lspropertybuyers.com. I'm also putting together a wholesaling course right now. The beta version is getting ready to launch. Um, and the course is designed, it's a 30-day course. It's designed for busy women who have full-time jobs and families, and they just don't know how to get started with real estate investing. So it will teach you how to wholesale a property from start to finish, and everything's broken down into easy steps. So they're about 30-minute modules for each day in 30 days. And so the website for that is 30daywholesalecourse.com. Awesome. That's great stuff. There's a lot of women out there that need a program like that. And we'll be uh, sure to put in the show notes to have everybody reach out who's interested in that program. Obviously, you're doing it as a mom of three young kids. And if there's anyone to show them the way, it sounds like you're the perfect example for that. So that's fantastic. Lizzie, thank you so much for being on our show today. A lot to take away. We're really excited about everything. Guys, feel free to reach out with her on Facebook. And as far as it goes for Mr. Dan Toback, my wife, Shelly, and myself, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast, REI Freedom, Build a Life of Freedom that is best for you through the real estate investing. That's what we're here to teach you and teach you the off-market acquisition skills to get you doing bigger deals, more deals, and less cancellations and becoming more successful so you can live life on your own terms like Lindsay's doing, like Dan's doing, and like me and Shelly are doing. So see you on the next podcast and we'll see you down the road. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. We like to call the members of our REI Freedom Group the Freedom Fighters because we know that when you achieve success in REI, you gain ultimate freedom, time freedom, financial freedom, and limitless potential to create life on your own terms. But we also know that the road to REI success isn't easy, and sometimes you have to fight to get there. So there you have it. Join us and let's go get it, Freedom Fighters. All right, Freedom Fighters, I need your help. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please leave a rating and review. It's going to help us out so much as we continue to grow this podcast. Recommend the podcast to friends and family. There are so many people out there that want to be a Freedom Fighter, just like you and I. 
we need to share this podcast so we can give them the high-level acquisition skills they need to build a life of time freedom on their own terms. Please visit our website and join our email list and you'll find extra resources and info there if you have more interest in following us on social media, REI Freedom. And of course, if you want more info on our acquisition coaching programs, please go to REIFreedom.com to learn more. Freedom Fighters, let's go! Let's go!